When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Love music? Love interviews with lovely musicians? Search Virgin Radio UK on YouTube to find brilliant album specials with some of the shiniest lights on our playlist, including George Ezra. This is going to be something I'll remember. And that's a really lovely thing. I don't think I was able to do that in the past. And James Bay. Don't you agree that everybody needs someone when they feel alone? Watch all that and more at youtube.com slash UK. Welcome to the show. Vassas is here. Aloha. Rachel's here. Greetings. And very soon, Lenny Henry's going to be here. Tell us about Lenny, please, Rachel. Well, Lenny Henry is a comedian. He is an actor. He is a playwright. And he is also a very established children's author. And his fifth kids book, called The Boy With Wings, Clash of the Super Kids, third in this series, is out. And it's an absolute cracker. And it includes the best reason ever to give your kid for why they're not allowed to go to a theme park with their friends. And that reason is that you've got to go to London to get involved in a programme which could be, and I quote, the best thing that's ever happened to global security. Excellent. That'll do. He also has this amazing new ITV drama out. It's called Three Little Birds. I watched it last night. Did you see it? No, I haven't seen it. It's so good. Did you see it? Now, what I've got, I've got a oh. merry review of the book. And then Caroline said, Are you, is that a Lenny Henry book? Oh, I've got a review. I've got a review for Lenny. I went, that's not really how it works, Caroline. She goes, no, 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 because I went to see his play. You know, but he's not he's not on to publicise the play because the play's been and gone. But anyway, she's, she said, no, no, I'm, I'm doing a review for Lenny as well. So I've got two reviews for Lenny. Well done. Yeah. He also has a documentary coming out around Christmas, I think it's called One of a Kind, because he used to star in this show called Three of a Kind. You, The team probably don't know that because you're too young. That's why they're calling it One of a Kind, I think, but I could be wrong. It has been known. Helen in Norwich says, I'm off for a spa day with my bestie of 45 years. Have a great day to all the team. All right, so here we go with episode or example number 1027 of Why Matthew... Bassus's son, who's 17, remains annoyingly right. Yes. He said, Dad, Dad, you know they say if it's too good to be true, and, you know, then it's definitely not true. Well, I've found online I can buy clippers, you know, to do your hair. Electric clippers. Electric clippers for £1.57, including postage. And I went, yeah, that's, that's, that's a con. Just, I mean, don't, don't bother. That's a total con. Don't, don't, don't waste your money. fraud all over yeah. it. And he goes, well, I'm only going to lose £1.57. I said, and the rest when they get your credit card number and all Bank of that. Bank account. And he goes, well, I'm just going to pay with Apple Pay, and that's pretty secure. So I'll, let's let's just see. Is it? And, yeah, I think I think that's pretty okay, paying with Apple Pay. Okay. Um, so he pays his £1.57, and I'm going, this is great. This is a good life lesson, and it's only cost him £1.57. Perfect. Mm. And then he, he comes up to me last Friday and goes, oh, look, apparently it's reached the uh, it's reached the port where it's, it's going to be sent from. And, I mean, that's just a con email. It hasn't. Now it's reached the UK, he says, on Monday this For week. £1.57. And I go, that, Matthew, these are just, like, automatically generated emails. You are not getting clippers. Anyway, to, much to my annoyance. Can I just pause there? One yeah. second, because um, I think we can guess what's coming next. By yeah. the way, you won't be disappointed. 
I don't think a con person or a con team or a con corporation would then inform you of the of the transit of your goods to make you feel better about the fact they're conning you. <laughs> Maybe not. And it turns out that it was it weren't con people because it arrived yesterday. <laughs> his package arrived. Matthew Alexander. He opened it up gleefully. He goes look, uh, and he's and he's got loads of, <laughs> and he's got loads of little attachments, and it's quite intricate. It's basically brilliant, and it cost one. Well, I mean, I don't know how that works. It's brilliant even. now. One pound fifty-seven, including postage. All I'm going to say is beware the battery because cheaper batteries tend to catch fire. And uh, a lot of super yacht fires, because there are more super yacht fires um, than ever uh, or have been mm. in the last 12 months, 24 months. And most of them have started in the toy bay, you know, so that's where they have the, the jet skis and all this kind of stuff. Or the, the electric bikes when they arrive at port and they can go around mm. because the crew have bought some cheap electric knockoff bikes and the batteries have caught fire in the hold and set the whole boat on fire so just it's it's a battery thing you've got to worry about not being conned it's a battery thing yeah um uh, one of alex's aunties had a, a like a very well-known brand hoover kept in the cupboards like charging as you're supposed to do and then they needed to replace the battery and instead of waiting to get the branded battery the dyson the good old dyson yeah, battery they got an on battery online and uh yeah it went on fire they had to have the flat they were all fine but they had to have the flat so completely gutted and renovated so no bringing those clippers onto our super you got Matthew. <laughs> yes. By the way, you think he's joking. He's not that funny. His dad's super yacht. <laughs> One of them. <laughs> day by day, it's all coming out. The truth is coming out. Parrot pit cage lock escaped and was found 30 miles away. The parrot. That, uh, <laughs> That's very good. I don't know if the parrot's called Houdini, but he or she might mm. be from now on. Lorette McCutcheon, 53, just bought the parrot named Albert Sebastian. Oh, it wasn't. Uh, when he managed to jimmy the latch on his cage and disappear. All right, that wasn't in the description, the purchase description. Locals went out for walks trying to find him. Connie, his name is the... It's not easy trying to find a bird. Because, we, you know, when you have to go and walk and look for a bird that can fly. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. The, the, hopes are, the hopes aren't that high, are they? The expectations aren't that high of finding a bird by having a neighbourhood walking group. <laughs> anyway, they did find Aww. him, which is nice, after four days. Ba basically, she'd given up hope, but someone, she said, had been walking their dog near a farm and spotted Albert on top of a vehicle. I left my keys by my car in Baker Street yesterday, and I didn't know. And I put my keys in my bag in the car, and then when I walk away from my car without doing anything, the car locks itself, because mm -hmm. it detects the fact the keys are more than, I don't know, 50 feet away or whatever it is. Yeah. And then when I walk back towards the car in the morning, um, you know, after the show, yeah. the car opens itself up because it now detects, oh, the keys are coming home to daddy. Um, but yesterday, uh, that didn't happen. I was like, oh, my goodness, where's the keys? And then I just looked to the to, to my right and they were, because they were still on the wall where I sort myself out. Once I, once I get out of the car in the morning, I, saw, I put my rucksack on the wall. I put my phone in the bag. I put my head, because I my headphones out of the phone, put them on my head. Yeah. And then I do various bits and bobs. What should I be wearing? What should I take off? Is it going to be warm? Is it raining? Do I need to put my um, uh, sort of uh, shower jacket on? All that kind of stuff. And I just left the keys on the wall. You know, I had a meeting after the show yesterday. I didn't get back to the car till quarter past 12. Still on the wall. In London. In, in central. Well done, London. That yeah. gives me faith in humanity. Well, yes. doesn't it? I mean, that's hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of people who've made the conscious decision to not steal your car. Yeah. Well done. 
Fans show big love for Stevie Nicks' doll. Stevie Nicks is receiving a new kind of honour as she announced that she is getting her own Barbie oh, baby. Oh, bring it on. Plans unveiled for £800 million Las Vegas style sphere in part of London. This is great. It's great. It's going to be fantastic, but I am slightly underwhelmed by it because the one in Las Vegas cost $2.9 billion. And this is £800,000. And in dollars, that's about a billion. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. By the way, look at the sun coming out. That's incredible. Coming up. It over, looks like the moon. It looks like the, the sun moon. doing an impression of the moon. Nice one. Let's take a quick photo, if you don't mind. So we'll get a billion dollar sphere, which we'll take, but it's not Las Vegas size. But it's not ma- Las Vegas ma- style. maybe all the extra costs in Vegas were because they were just sort of working it out. No, I'm no, I'm well, maybe. Maybe the cost is coming down because the second one. Yeah. Going to they cost know the where most. they're at. Yeah, maybe. By the way, I'm not disappointed. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> well, no, I'm a bit. You are disappointed. I'm a little bit. I'm sure it's going to be amazing, and I really want to go. Best places to retire in the UK 2023. How about this? Uh, no place is the best place to retire because retirement was made up. It was a concept made up by, I think, a German person. Yes. Um, late 1800s. Bismarck. Bismarck made up retirement, <laughs> and he he made up retirement because the workforce was getting too old. Not to do the jobs. That's why retirement's a farce. In fact, you stay young by carrying on, cracking on, as long as you love what you're doing or you like what you're doing or you can be engaged with what you're doing. You can be the moment you're doing. You can be mindful what you're doing. You can be a Vicky guy with what you're doing. But it was because the younger people couldn't get a job because there weren't any vacancies. So we had to create vacancies. And he said to the people who've been working for 45 years, you, look, them a turn. you kick back, fill your boots. Well, how are we going to have any money? Oh, we'll come up with something called a pension. You're only going to live a couple of more years. So it doesn't really matter. You might make 70 if you're lucky. That's all changed, doesn't it? Well done, Bismarck. Mm-hmm. Well done. Best place to retire in the UK in 2023. Anyway, there is a list. Enjoy your retirement if you want to. I'm not up for it myself. Wrong trousers cost snooker star opening frame. A snooker player was docked the opening frame of a match after he turned up in the wrong outfit for the tournament. Chinese player Ding Junhai forgot about the all-black dress code for the English Open in Brentwood. And after a friend dashed out to buy him a set, he was late for the start and forfeited his first game. Yep. Did he go on to win? Uh, he did actually go on to win 4-3, oh, didn't you? Well, we, the other guy yes. needed to start. Yeah. That's right, isn't it? <laughs> he, he turned up in brown trousers, which he does quite often. Yeah, and right. then he's, can you imagine the panic? Yeah, oh, right. I can't go out like this. Mate, go and get me some trousers. Don't, I don't care what size. Just make them black. Look at the sunrise. Beautiful. It's great, isn't it? Mm. So cool. It really does look like a full moon. It's a white sun. Chancellor Otto von Bismarck. Thank you very much indeed. In 1989, German Chancellor Otto von Bismarck developed our modern concept of retirement. Oh, well done, Otto. Oh, thanks for nothing. To stave off an unpri- unpri- uprising uh, by a young unemployed Marxist, he decided to pay citizens aged 70 and older to leave the workforce voluntarily. So he, he paid his way through that solution. That's not going to work, is it? Effort equals reward, yeah. Because what you consume, you become. Do you know that? That makes sense. You consume. You if you consume love, then you become love. If you consume hate, then you become hate. So be careful what you consume on a daily basis. It's very important, you know. And if you water the seeds of love inside you, then they will grow. If you if you if you if you harvest wheat, what have you planted? Like wheat seeds. Exactly. <laughs> so if you want to harvest the right stuff, you have got to plant the right seeds. Retirement, Bismarck. Could have done without that, <laughs> frankly. Yesterday, I had a coffee after the show with my good friend, Rangan Chatterjee. Uh, I owe Rangan so much. He will never know. He has no idea how much I owe him and Tash and I owe him as a couple and as a family. He has changed our lives for the better. And the thing about when you when you make a good decision that benefits your life and your well-being, it puts you in a better 
place to where you were before you made it. And then you're in a better place than you were to make another good decision. And then that puts you in an even better place. And then you make a mm-hmm. better decision. And it's an upward spiral of, of, of right view, we call it. You know, it's right view. It comes from right thought, right speech, right action, right livelihood is really important because it takes up a lot of your life. Uh, it's right diligence, right mindset, right focus, and that gets you back to right view. And right view get, makes you, gives you a better chance of making a better decision and, you know, carrying water around with you all day, metaphorically, to de-escalate things as opposed to petrol uh, to pour on things and inflame them, you know, incendiarize them. It's it's not rocket science, but it does, you know, you have to look over the garden fence first of all, and then you have to make sure you don't unlook over the garden fence and then you have to dive into it and just fill your boots. So on one of Rungan's most recent podcast his podcast is amazing it's called feel better live more he's done hundreds and hundreds of them and he's so good he's he's grown with his podcast the the conversations he has now are, are so effortlessly profound they're beautiful and Gulong top 10 is this monk <laughs> he's so good this monk so he was a party animal he's brit and he moved to new york his mum lived in san francisco and he was a party animal in new york in his late teens and early 20s. And then he bottomed out big time and he burned out and he 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 went to bed for months. He was properly, seriously ill. And so he heard that you could go and be a monk in Scotland for a year, just for a year, you know. I mean, you know, wants to commit, when you're 20, you don't commit to being a monk for the rest of your life. Especially if you're, you know, you're, you're still warm from being a party animal in New York. So he thought, I can, I can be a monk for a year. So he goes up to Scotland and he's a monk for a year. And then he likes it so much, he becomes a monk. And he's still a monk, and he's 50-odd now. And he's been a monk ever since. So Rangan says to him on his podcast, he says, but, you know, he says, by the way, Gilon, you know I love you. However, you you know, you're clearly a person of extremes because party animal, crazy, 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 doing all the stuff, all the party stuff, all the substances, everything, you know, not sleeping with days and days and days in New York, doing, you know, giving it all the party beans. And then you go from that extreme, oh, I'm going to become a monk. That's not, you know, that's that's not healthy, is it, Galang? And he says, no, you're right. Wrong and you're so right. He says, because I was a person of extremes, because I was the crazy party animal, then I nearly died. I had to spend literally months in bed. And then I, you know, I thought, oh, well, how do I solve this? Oh, I'll become a monk. He said, no, you're right. That is extreme. But after a year of being a monk, I was no longer in that place. And from a place of peace, I then decided to carry on being a monk. And that's entirely different. Mm-hmm. That's a great lesson, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that great? Because Gilong said, that is a brilliant question and I can't wait to answer it. Okay. But then he goes on to talk about other things. And then he talks about forgiveness. And Rongan, again, that's a brilliant question. He says, yeah, I understand what you're saying. And once again, I'm with you all the way and it's what I do. However, some people might say, this person, this other person has really wronged me, really wronged me. I have the right to be angry. I have the right to be hateful. I have the right to be embittered. I have the right to be unforgiving to this person. You know, why should I forgive this person? And then he comes up with the greatest answer ever. But then who's suffering? The person has gone away. They did what they did. And yeah, I could say I'm justified in feeling anger. But now who's suffering? I'm suffering. Every time my mind sinks into the anger, I'm re-traumatizing myself. So forgiveness is not actually about the other person. You're not giving them forgiveness. Forgiveness is you dropping the burden. The Buddha described it as like holding a hot coal in your hand. 
you just hold it and it burns you. But if you put the coal down, you won't be burned. So when you can let go of your anger, it doesn't mean you've lost the battle or they've won or you've allowed them to abuse you. It means that you're freeing yourself from, from that rage or that blame or that sense of uh, despair or why me. It, it's, li- it's liberating yourself from suffering. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, the main man is in the house. Vassos, who are we talking about? He's an actor, comedian, singer, presenter, writer, national treasure, and then some. His latest kids' book, The Boy with Wings, Clash of the Super Kids, is out tomorrow. So please welcome the always 10 out of 10-y, Selene Henry. Yes! What a great... I love coming here. Selene is in This is what life should be like. Oh. You go into Tesco, somebody announces you before you go in. That's what you need. <laughs> Don't you get that nowadays? No, I, you I should. Kind of do. You should. Uh, Lenny Harry, The Boy With Wings, Clash of the Super Kids, fifth book, third in the series. Boom! Uh, yeah. Where's Tunde been so far before we get to this book? Tunde um, had his 12th birthday uh, and realised that every time he had an anxious thought or feeling, birds would appear and come to his defence. He discovered that he had wings during a football match where he went up to do a goal-winning header and then didn't come down because <laughs> he'd grown these gorgeous wings. Uh, and this, in the second book, uh, a robot came to school and he had to fight it off. And in this book, he meets the mysterious Professor Shapiro from Boston, one of the smartest women in the world, who wants to submit into some tests to see just how super he is. And in the meantime, he's got to meet all these other super kids. <laughs> and then they have to go through all these tests, and the tests become a challenge because we realize that Dr. Sapiro isn't all she seems. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, she's a baddie. She's a sh- <laughs> Check it. Don't tell the kids yet. But it's really exciting, and there's a big battle over London at the end, and it's lovely. And uh, Tundi becomes a leader. And and organises these other super kids to kind of overcome these problems using using their own brains. There's a point where they all lose their powers, and Tundi says, "We're not just our powers. We can do this without yeah, them." Yeah, good. So it's all that stuff. It's about depending on each other, relying on each other, yeah. and uh, pulling through. And there's loads of jokes, and um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Always put jokes but in the books. Is it any good? The reviews are in. Mary is eight. Nine. Nine? Mary's nine? How did that happen? Mm, Okay, Mary's nine, Vassa's youngest, and she's read the book, and here's what she thinks about it. The Boy With Wings is funny and exciting, and it's also about friendship and courage. My dad just started paying me two pounds every time I read a book and do a review, but I do this book for free. Even though it was a scary bit, I couldn't help but laughing when they fell from the pipe into the observation room. Spang, clang, badang, wang, bang, badump. <laughs> I wrote that. Yeah. Well, I love I mean, that kid. She reviewed the book for free. Yeah, so you pay her two pounds. I think Lenny's going to pay her like £2,000 <laughs> for that review. It's pretty That's spot nice. on, isn't it? It's nice. I mean, I, I, want, I went to Oldham the other day 
to read to some kids and it was really, really good. And the, the teacher said, who wants Lenny to read again? And five boys at the front, <laughs> no! Because <laughs> all he wanted is, all he, we talked to him about reading and why read and why write. And uh, the boys kind of get a bit impatient with it. And I said, you can write about anything. You can write about school, you can write about rockets, you can write about dinosaurs, write about what excites you. What do you love? Write about that. And at the end, they were all like, oh, I'm going to write. So I think that's good. If I could do anything to get, young people to read that would be a good day so I felt like a mission complete when I left Oldham it well because I wasn't a reader but I like writing so you know you can write yourself into reading or read yourself into writing yeah and I think that this that they're doing 500 words again and I'm one of the judges and um, it's really great you, can, you write 500 words it doesn't have to be well spelt or punctuated but if it's any good and if you've used your imagination sufficiently you get to go to Buckingham Palace boom and meet the Queen damn it come Come on, kids. Why wouldn't you want to do that? You yeah. get a cup of tea, a Jaffa cake, and you might even see Prince Charles. How cool is that? King uh, Charles. Uh, the man himself. <laughs> he always says that when he sees me. Uh, the man himself. So, um, cool. so I've enjoyed writing this book. I laughed a lot when I was writing it. I did a lot of it in my pyjamas. I had jammy dodgers. It was sweet. Good for you, man. Good for you. And thank you for that lovely review. Is that your daughter? Yes, yeah. It's hilarious. She reads, all the, she reads more books than books. we do. Yeah. <laughs> I does. only started paying her last week because she's done quite a lot of reviews on the Here's show. Here's the theory of relative. Activity, kid. He's a yeah. fiver. Get on with it. Yeah. Yes. Two pounds. Why two pounds? Her pocket money. Tight. Her pocket money is two pounds fifty a week. Right. Yeah. Um, and Wasn't a question. Just, it felt like about the right amount. Two pounds <laughs> for you. Uh... <laughs> Do you think she needs to pay? I her? think Daddy needs to pay you five pounds for reading her book. I think you should get the authors to pay her. And, you know, hey, leave me out of it. This is your show. It's a great review. It's a lovely How review. How much for us to play it? <laughs> And yeah. every kid who reads that book is going to get two pounds from this guy. The Boy with the Wings, Clash of the Super Kids, published tomorrow. In many ways, you know, this the MCU, there's the Marvel Cinematic Universe when all the superheroes get together. This is this is sort of Sunday's version of that. It's kind of an homage to the Marvel superheroes. I was just saying to somebody to Ben outside that when I was a kid, I used to read Fantastic and Terrific and Smash and Pow and Wham. And I used to, the back pages were always a poster of Captain America... Captain Marvel, Super Batman, Superman, Spider-Man. I used to tear the posters off and stick them to the wall with spit. My mum did not like this. But eventually there was a massive wall of the MCU and the DC Universe. And I love that stuff. So this book is my homage to those guys. I cool. love that thing. Super cool, Anything man. where there's a guy with a shield, I'm in. Love it, love it, love it. Right, now, what about this other thing? So I got this email yesterday from John, um, our exec producer, Showbiz John. We love uh, John. We love John. You Isn't know, he here? Yeah, you've known John forever. He'll oh. be here tomorrow. Sorry about that. We're giving you your best. Never mind. Um, he sends me this email through. He says, Lenny's not only on for The Boy With Things, but of course, we're definitely talking about The Boy With Things. Clashes the superheroes, uh, super kids, as we have, super kids, superheroes. He's also on to talk, maybe mention One of a Kind, which is a documentary about you coming up, which is uh -huh. being put together. Three People don't know about Three of a Kind. Three of a Kind. I used to be on a television show called Three of a Kind, everybody. It was on in the 80s, remember? Jurassic Times. And it was me, Tracy Ullman, and David Copperfield. Not the David Copperfield, but a David well, Copperfield. Well, he was our David Copperfield. He was our David the Copperfield. The other one was the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was from Doncaster, and he was very funny. He was brilliant. And um, we did sketches and jokes and wheezes and songs. Uh, and uh, so they called it One of a Kind because it's kind of a... Nobody remember, but it was kind, it's kind of I a did. pun. I did. And I really enjoyed it. It was talking about my career and stuff and my family's in it and um, David Tennant's very nice in it and Richard Curtis is in it. And they're just talking about stuff I've done over the last 
40 or so years. And it's kind of like watching your obituary while you're alive, but it's really good. <laughs> it's a really good show, so I highly recommend it. It's what obituary should be. But people have homages, don't they? What do they call it? Memorials. They have mm. memorials, don't they? Often in the, the church next to the BBC, after the amazing person who is no longer with us, you know, hasn't been invited to the uh, celebration of their I'd life. I'd much rather go to my thing and watch exactly. things. Exactly. And have people say nice things about me. Whilst you're alive. I know, yeah. I went to Ronnie Barker's memorial at Westminster Abbey and Peter Kay got up and was brilliant. And I thought, Ronnie Barker would have loved this. Yeah, well, I went to Terry Wogan's <laughs> and the same kind of thing. It's like, hang on a minute, this is definitely the wrong way around. It's a nice know? thing, though. It's a nice thing to do. And it's lovely when they do it while you're still alive. Yeah. So, hooray. Yeah, this is your life. That was all right, wasn't it, for a while? We're talking about a similar version of that. Um, that you can play in real life. Although it, would, it was always weird when grumpy members of the family came on and didn't say very much. I, was, I always wanted Michael Aspel to go to ask that really miserable person yeah. why they weren't smiling. Yeah, you never gave you? me any bloody money. Exactly. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a nice thing. And and then there's this other thing. Well, that... I'm going to get onto it. All right, all right, all right, all right. Okay. All right. okay. Um, no, so there's that, which is great. But this the other thing blew me away last night. So so John sends me this email and he says, oh, also Lenny's involved in. No, actually, he didn't say involved in. I read it as involved in this other show called Three Little Birds. He said, here's a link if you've got time to watch it. And I'm like, i got time to watch this. I want to watch this. I want to see what it is. And then what unfolded was one of the most beautiful hours of television I've seen for ages. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute. So I rewound it because I thought I saw something at the beginning and I wasn't quite sure. And so I'm five minutes and I think, hang on a minute, I need to go back. So I went back and it said, you know, the pre-title said, created and written by Lenny Henry. I thought, he's in charge of the whole shebang here. It's called Three Little Birds. It's coming to ITV soon. It's stunning, Lenny. Thank you so much. Stunning. That's really nice. Well done, pal. Uh, would you like to frame it for people listening? Um, a lot of people kind of think it's about my mum. There's bits of my mum in there. She told me lots of stories just before she died. Um, so did my dad. Uh, and uh, I went to ask my aunties questions and my cousins and my sisters. We have a thing called The Sibs, where we talk about what it was like growing up in Dudley when we were little. And I did lots of research. Angela Ferreira, who was one of the producers on it, gave me her parents for research. So I talked to them. We did lots of Zooms, did, read lots of books, looked at lots of pictures. And I wanted to write something about post-Windrush. They always talk about Windrush, which is 1947. But my mum didn't come here until 1957. She came here with her sister and a mail-order bride for my Uncle Clifton. And every time I hear that story, I kind of think, that's a TV series. I want to write about that. And then Russell T. Davis was my mentor on it. And he said, well, what else? What else? And we did all this research. And I just thought it'd be good to trace these three, three women and coming to Britain with all the expectations of having a Commonwealth passport and thinking everything's going to be great and they're going to be welcomed. Yeah. Everybody's going to love them. And hooray, the streets are paved with gold. And to realise that it's not like that. Uh, to realise that people don't know who you are. They think Jamaica's in Africa. You know, my mum got chased down the road by some kids saying, where's your tail? <clears throat> There's a lot of racism. You know, they're having to deal with oppression and the patriarchy and stuff like that and get a job. And it was all about that. <coughs> There's a scene in episode one where they, they literally go to Notting Hill for the first night because they can't do Tilbury to Dudley in one go. And there's signs in the window that say, no blacks, no Irish, no dogs. 
And um, one of the characters said, why did they invite us here if they didn't want us to come? Because a lot of people forget that we were invited to come to this country. Um, so I think it's all the feels. I think it's it's this humour in it because you don't overcome... There's loads of humour. You don't overcome hardship without a sense of yeah, humour. totally. You'd be crushed if you didn't laugh at things sometimes. And there's, a, there's quite a lot of tragedy in it too. And I just wanted to... I put it... I kind of, it sort of all came out of me. It was almost like this was the story that I've been waiting to tell for my entire life. And there are some wonderful people in it. Rochelle Neal plays Leah. Um, Saffron Kuma plays Chantrell, Leah's sister. And uh, uh, Yasmin Bell Bellows plays Hosanna, the very uptight, churchy um, church lady. And Javon Prince plays the brother Aston. They are fantastic in this. And I, I hope you watch it because it's going to be lovely. And it all comes out in October on Sunday nights, I think, at 8 o'clock. It's going to be massive. And it drops on ITV. And I, and you're going to be able to see all of them on ITVX. And it's I think it's what I've been waiting to do for my whole life, this it comes, series. It seems to have... I mean, it was it doesn't hasn't landed fully formed, but it cut, it's so full. Do you know what I mean by that? It's It's so complete. It's and it is stunning. It's stunning telly. It's beautifully shot. It's fantastically cast. Thank you. It's got a great rhythm to it. It's got a great look to it. It's just awesome. I love being in the company of that show last night. Great. Well, there's more to come, and uh, there's a, there's a mini riot in episode two, which is really worth. <laughs> it's great. It's it has everything in it. I think we tried to put as many high points in terms of births, marriages, deaths, christenings. We put everything in it that we could think of. You're talking. You know. I, you know, we, we've known each other for ages. You know, we've both had our lean periods, we've both had highs and lows and rough and the smooth and all that kind of stuff. But you just, you're just in such a purple patch at the moment. The last time you were on, it was to talk about August and England. Caroline, who didn't want paying for anything, <laughs> versus his wife said, I need to send Lenny a review as well. Because like, she went to go and see you in August and England. And Vass said, well, that's done. He was on last time talking about it. She said, I don't care. I want to review it. Should we play it? All right, this is the last thing. Go ahead. Lenny was on to talk about last time he came in. Best thing I've seen in years. Amazing, so funny and clever, but so deeply poignant and breathtakingly sad in the same breath. Amazing. It was so moving, all four of us came back in floods of tears, but so elated and inspired and we couldn't stop talking. You stop being so good, please. <laughs> I'm really upset now. <laughs> what are you doing to me? That's really lovely. Um, that Lenny a, Henry, this is your life. That was a lady. Oh, God. Is Uncle Clifton da, coming on? Da, da, da. That was a show. That's very... Thank you so much. Uh, the, it's, it's almost as if um, I know what I'm here for now. You know, I spent a lot of time doing all kinds of things and doing... And mimic... I'm a mimic. I, I was a natural mimic from the time I was 15 for a very long time and then I thought there's got to be a moment when you stop copying other people and doing what you want to do and I think there's been a struggle with that and finally I've gone okay well I, I want to act and I want to write and I think that's kind of what I've been aiming at for the yeah, last yeah. 20 years really. and with that comes a lightness you do seem lighter if you don't mind me saying you Thanks. know do you know what I mean by that? <laughs> you saying I was fat? No, do you know? No, you know what I'm saying. You're you're you're, you're coming with a different spirit now. It's Thank like you. it's like you you feel free. I don't know if creatively. I certainly think, uh, and I, I, all my stand-up comedian friends, big up. I, I, I certainly think that being a stand-up 
is the hard yards. You yeah. know, every night you're working every night, you're writing every day, you're editing it, you're trying it out. Some things aren't funny, some things are funny. I think being a stand-up is a noble profession and I loved it, 35 years. But there was a moment when I just went... This isn't all that I want to do with my life. Mm. I still love it. I still like the idea of it. I think I kind of know what to do to put together a new show. But I think there's other things to be doing. So when I was asked to do Shakespeare, when I was asked to be in an August Wilson play, I leapt at it because I thought, this is a new experience. And I think it's really good to do things that are new, that challenge you, that mean that you can collaborate with people. And I realised that I've been on my own for ages. Why not do things where you get to collaborate and work with a team? Yeah. I don't want to be on my own anymore. Yeah. And I think that's lifted me. I think, Maybe you never wanted to be on your own. No, I never wanted to be on. But from the age of 15 to, to just now, I was this guy who was on his own all the time, going all over the country. Was there a moment? Yeah, I think you've. I think there there are moments when you hit walls, and I kind of went through these kind of strange mental things where I was thinking, "What is this?" You know, you question your life, you question what you're doing these things for, and eventually, I came out the other end and thought, um, "I'm not going to do that anymore." I think I'm going to do things where I'm surrounded by people who want me to be better. Why not do that? Why not work with a team of people that are going, go on, Len. Yeah, yeah. You know, Barry Rutter said, you know, the thing about you is you've never had corridor time. You've never sat in a corridor with a fellow actor and said, come on, let's learn our lines together. You know, and I think that's a very healthy model to have. This thing of being in a car late at night and eating at motorway service stations is okay for a while. I think particularly when you're young. Yeah. But I think <laughs> now, I don't, want to be, I, I don't want to be in the motor, motorway service station, even if I've got to be there. It's like a lot of motorway services. It's a yeah. lot of Ginster's pasties. And it's it's lovely for a while. Well, they say, don't they, youth is wasted on the young. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> it's fine. I want to be at home. I love being at home. I like, I like seeing my... Do you know who says youth is wasted on the young? What? I don't know, nobody our age, <laughs> for sure. I love... I, listen, I really enjoyed my youth, but now I kind of think I've got this thing of, oh, come on, OK, there's, there's a certain amount of time left and you better go. If you're going to do stuff and it's going to be any good, you better work hard and it better be good and you better go now and work with good people, yeah. work with smart people. Let's go. So yeah. that's what happened with August in England. I worked with Daniel Bailey and Lynette Linton and Deirdre O'Hallahan. And that's what happened with uh, Three Little Birds. I worked with Russell T. Davis and Lucy Bedford and people like that. And with um, The Boy With Wings, Clash of the Super Kids, I worked with Samantha Smith at Pam McMillan and we just sat there and went, what would be cool to happen in this story? Collaboration. Yeah, collaboration it's is cool, it. Human Collaboration beings, is cool. Human beings being with other human beings, entertaining more human beings. It's not rocket science. Um, so what about next year? What's going on? I mean, you are on fire, my friend. I'm loving it. I hope we get another series of Three Little Birds because I'd love to do more of that. Right. Um, I'm going to try and write a film of August in England because lots of people from all over the country kept saying, when are you coming up here? And I think that if I could do an NT lifestyle version of it or make a feature film of it like Shirley Valentine or something, um, I'd like to do that. So there's talk about that. And um, there might be a live version of The Boy With Wings by... Um, we've been talking to this lovely children's theatre company and they, they're, they're really keen on doing a live version of it. So I can't wait for that. Cool. Rachel, do you want to just mention what you were talking about to do with your parents? Well, we were talking about the importance of, of hearing those stories and remembering that history, which is so personal to each family, to each individual, to you know where you're from and, and where you're looking towards. And um, so it was my parents' wedding anniversary in August and I was trying to think what to get them. And, you know, they've got all the things they need. And I thought, actually, this is the sort of... It's almost a gift for me rather than a gift for them or a gift for me and my siblings. 
siblings. And I found this company. There's loads of them online. We just picked one called Storyworth. There's lots of similar ones. And you sign up and um, give them my mum's email address and my dad's email address. And each week, Storyworth will email me a list of potential questions that can be sent to my mum and dad. So it's everything from um, what was your favourite holiday when you were a kid? Or did you ever get into trouble at school? Or what was your first job? Or if you could revisit somewhere, where would it be? Um, And so each week, I get sent the questions first and I pick which ones. And then they get sent the questions on a Sunday. So they've got a week to sort of think about and, and write their answer on email and they reply in the email to the company. And then at the end of the year, these sort of 52 mini essays are bound into a book and then you have that book and it's 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 a, sort of a gift for the whole family because it's for them to remember and it's for me to read and it's for my children. Yeah, I think that's a really brilliant idea. I think the thing I will say to the people is talk to your mum and dad and your gran and granddad and... and even tape it on your phone because you're gonna want that. I've got I've got uh, my mom uh, making the Christmas cake, talking. Well, you just dash in a little bit of this and you put in a bit of that and add a little rum and then if you're not sure, put in some more rum. Mom, have you got any measurements? No, you don't need measurements. You just dash it in. <laughs> Dashing everything. <laughs> She's on like that for 45 minutes just talking about making the cake. Yeah. And it's lovely. It's great to hear her voice. I've got little videos of my mum and uh, my, my, um, my mother-in-law just sitting at a table talking in the garden. It's lovely. These things are important and you're going to want them later on in life. Yeah. And as much as you think you'll remember them if you don't film them, you won't. And you'll convince yourself that you do because you'll be sad that you hadn't done that. Yeah. And that's definitely... A friend of ours interviewed her dad for months on end, Geraldine. Hi, Geraldine. Interviewed her dad for months on end, uh, talking about coming from Ireland and back in the day and settling in Britain and what that was like and meeting her mom and stuff. And at the end of it, she had this similar thing. She had a book that was bound and typed up and everything, and it was a really lovely present to give to somebody. So I, I say... Talk to your parents and your grand and granddad because you're going to miss them when they're gone and this will be a keepsake that will make you warm forever. Yeah, and if you're having trouble doing something on your own, ask someone for some help. Yeah, yeah. Because they will be grateful to be asked anyway and you'll you'll strike up a different relationship or a new relationship or whatever and something good will be at the other end of it. But Three Little Birds was... I mean, this what you're talking about is research, really. Three Little Birds was like that. I talked to lots of old Jamaican and Caribbean people about coming to places. There was this one guy who got the boat from uh, Jamaica to England, but he didn't realise that it was going to stop off. <laughs> <laughs> the boat stopped off in Spain and everywhere. It went everywhere before it got to England. He was on the boat for months on end. <laughs> well, I got here eventually. I didn't realise it was going to go everywhere. And um, I went to Spain. I thought, this isn't England. <laughs> <laughs> went everywhere. And um, I think these stories That's are great. Funny, I also right? love stories about war, you know, the, the wartime. Mm-hmm. And lots of people from the Caribbean volunteered. Immediately, the minute they knew the Commonwealth was up, they volunteered. And all of those stories about black soldiers and brown soldiers and American, black American soldiers in Cornwall and Wolverhampton, these are great stories. You've got to hear them. So there's lots of you stories to tell. you got to write for us, man. Well, there's lots of stories to tell. My, my story and your stories aren't the only stories around you know and so when they say oh we've had that story you haven't had that story there are so many stories of Irish of Dutch of German of Jamaican of Caribbean of African of travelers of migrants coming to this country and making a new life and they're heartwarming and funny and moving and incredibly tragic and we need to have these stories because they make us stronger 
Love it. That's going to be on Instagram. <laughs> Thank you, Lenny. Thanks for being here. It's You're amazing. You are a gift. You're a gift, mate. The Boy With Wings, Clash of the Super Kids, published tomorrow, and everything else uh, Lenny Henry's in or touches right now turn into gold, so enjoy. Enjoy the sheen. Enjoy the shine. We've enjoyed the glow, but now we've got to go. Thank you. Thanks so much. Love the 80s? Then you'll love Virgin Radio 80s Plus. Love Chris Evans. Love the 80s. Over on Virgin Radio. 80s Plus. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.